righty, and welcome to the show for a two-part discussion all in one giant hour on the one, the only horror and crime filmmaker that is David Cronenberg. And welcoming from genre exposure back on the show is none other than Jason. Welcome. <laughs> hey, how's it going? Thank you for having me back. Absolutely. I, you know, I, I was just like, hey, you know, we got to get into just some other cult filmmaker you know we've done so many of the sam raimi's peter jackson's even the uh, james cameron you know as you know you were on there before and it was just cool mm -hmm. just uh having just a a breakdown of is like here are people who can start out small and then get big i always love having an indie filmmaker on because i even asked them personally it's like so how are you able to uh, you know avoid being the Sam Raimi or Christopher Nolan of indie cinema. And it's just like so many of them often are even just inspired by plenty of other, uh, just of these other filmmakers. And it's even more interesting just seeing how just common uh, that, that they are brought up and just random discussion for is like, Hey, yeah, I'm, I'm a big fan of this guy or uh, I knew about this guy. He was right in the video store shelf next to this other bigger attraction. <laughs> Yeah, yeah. I remember him more. <laughs> oh man. So we are talking about Mr. David Cronenberg. He has also done experimental mystery, science fiction, all movie lists his various subgenres as sci-fi horror, sex horror, psychological drama, psychological thriller, and psychological sci-fi. He really transcends all of those, though, in my opinion. A thousand percent. Um and he is kind of just all about uh, any, I mean, based off seeing his episode of the director's, uh, you know, show from back in the late nineties, it just seemed like uh, any, any limitation like that just appealed to him all the more. He was just like, yeah, I want that challenge. Mm -hmm. Yeah. I, I seriously think he is one of the greatest living filmmakers, full stop. Oh, totally. And that's a good segue here. You know, I would, whenever I'm even, even if I'm like disappointed by one of his movies, I would never in any existence say, what a terrible filmmaker, you know? <laughs> right. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Not you, everything always works, but right at the same time, it's so well made. You, you go can at least from, appreciate it on the, on that level. He's kind of the godfather of even just psychological horror. Cause for a while, you know, even when people were trying to emulate a shocker that, you know, John Schlesinger or Alfred Hitchcock, to name a few, you know, might have done, he kind of was just all is like, he was kind of part of the underground, but, mm -hmm. and I he know, definitely pioneered the whole psychological, the, the body horror. That's the definitely, body horror, yeah. when you think of Cronenberg, you think of body horror, and well, which is very psychological, of course. Mm hmm. Uh, well, when you even think of exploding heads, come on. <laughs> <laughs> right. And, his movies have always kind of been complimentary. Like whenever any of his movies come out, people remember it as kind of being almost complimentary with some of the other cult movies from that same year. You could dare, you know, I keep mentioning Sam Raimi, but you could even put him in with some of the Stuart Gordons and Brian Usnas, mm -hmm. the guys who let it rip. It's like they had yeah. nothing to lose. They Their movies were going to make money. And you know a Cronenberg film when you see a Cronenberg film. Oh, yeah. And, you know, because he uses the same people, the same crew as much as possible. Right? If, if ever if ever the word auteur had to be ascribed to someone, it's David Cronenberg. Yeah, totally. And 
Yeah, well, an exploding head, people will reference scanners, but there's even <laughs> other people who have casually, I mean, he just about every movie he's done, you've you've heard about it in some capacity. Like uh I remember hearing an interview back in the day when I listened to NPR quite a bunch, uh Howard Shore was being interviewed on how he got the right rhythm mm. for scoring a history of violence for Cronenberg. And um it's, it was interesting just seeing how uh i i mean before i started you know it's like there's so many other movies he's in where it's like he you know he makes an appearance and you can totally understand why he's in here you know i understand why he's in clive barker's nightbreed oh i love him in nightbreed right he makes he's such a good uh dr decker in that one it's just amazing yeah so cold and calculating and uh Hey, he's, he's kind of playing spot. himself i think <laughs> i think he kind of is he's like i got nothing to lose this is for fun uh I, he's in uh, a very little underseen movie uh resurrection by uh, russell Mulcahy. you might have seen that back in the day it's like a, you know i don't think i, I think i missed that one uh, it's got it's gotten the blu-ray treatment so there's another seven okay filler to check out check that uh, one out we mentioned like jason and yeah. x but i mean mm-hmm. we also mentioned uh he's he's in a few other ones uh uh, uh, if you've ever seen the miniseries uh, The Judge uh, with Edward James Olmos, he, he's one of the uh, once again playing a doctor. So there, there's a there's okay. a trend there. And he recently starred with his recurring actor Viggo Mortensen's directorial uh, film uh, Falling, which talks about a dysfunctional, you know, closeted man uh, dealing with his overbearing, you know, bigoted dad. Oh yeah, wasn't that played by Lance Henriksen? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah, that's great. I haven't seen that yet. I need to check they, that out. They had been in some movies together. I think it was Appaloosa, with which Ed Harris was in, and you know, there's the connection. Is mm-hmm. Vigo works with all the cool cats, and Cronenberg's much of the same one. He just wants oh, yeah, to yeah. collaborate with all these guys who are, and he's he even showed up on the uh, Star Trek Discovery. Series. Yeah, that's right. Yes. Yeah. And I, I had no idea who was going to be on there, and he pops up. I'm like, holy crap, it's David well, Cronenberg. Totally. I mean, and I think, you know, with seeing all these culture wars and people react to Star Trek and realizing they had their head up their ass, they always thought it was just a Star Wars show when it was really always just kind of like Outer Limits and, you know, Twilight mm-hmm. Zone, but with outer space, you know, yeah, cowboys. Right. And it's just interesting how he would be on there because there was a lot of nightmarish imagery in that season he was in so it's like yeah it totally makes sense why they brought him on there because yeah. uh, uh that's a good point. Uh, well and uh, what, what else are you going to do i mean he, he it, it was a toronto production and he, he's going to be on a lot of those he is all for it and every other actor who's kind of gotten into directing i i noticed uh leslie hope was one of them you might know her from 24 and uh henry and june but i noticed she kind of mm. noted that you know, when she was first getting in, into directing around uh, the 2000s, you know, she just remembered in the 90s how it was uncool to be a Canuck. Even Canadians would mock each other. And it seems like <laughs> Cronenberg kind of got through a lot of that bullshit. Oh, he, he was always the cool one, you know. <laughs> yeah, he had all the giant, you know, ones that offend, make people walk out of Sundance or get a best movie of the year. You know, now I'm from Ebert and company. And so, yeah. <laughs> just... what, what, what was your introduction to David Cronenberg? Uh, that is a remember? wonderful question i'm going <laughs> to probably say the first one i saw all the way through was probably the dead zone 
Nice. That's a good one. That's that's underrated. A lot of people don't talk about the dead zone, but I think oh, yeah. it's really strong. Oh hell, we even covered the TV show the same name. It was like same deal. I know there's fans of it out there, but mm-hmm. it was kind of always kind of a sleeper hit. And I only it's on streaming now, and I got into it and it's like, wow, I was missing out on so much. But at the same time, you know, uh, it, it's just so tricky. It's people when people have a formula, it's tough to place down, but. I do kind of applaud Cronenberg, even though he adapted, you know, something from Stephen King. It's hardly what he could say, even a typical Stephen King adaptation. And he he ended up not really being that guy, the I'm going to only adapt Stephen King. He was just like, I want to just go for something that I can create a very grim atmosphere and I can just. Yeah, I mean, for, be, for being a hired gun, because he doesn't usually adapt other people's stuff like that, at least oh, not no, totally. so, so popular like Stephen King. He did a he did a great job. He really elevated the material, I think, because it's it's a fine book. It's a passable book, but I think the movie improves upon the book a hundredfold. Oh, totally. And you're you're kind of set up for that a sad, you know tragic ending because the whole movie is just yeah. very relentlessly there, grim there, there was there was a run there where like all of Cronenberg's uh, protagonists committed suicide yes yeah absolutely like with I, the the dead zone uh the fly uh m butterfly doesn't someone die in video drum yeah video drum yeah max Ren kills himself in video drum someone definitely dies at the end of crimes of the future i just saw that one that's <laughs> um but yeah, no, that that's a good point. It's because not everyone can approach. Because you'll see other filmmakers. Ah, uh, who can I throw out there? Fuck it, uh, Rennie Harlan. <laughs> you'll see other people <laughs> who kind of vary in tone, and you're kind of wondering, he's like, "Whoa, do you think this is okay, or are you just not looking at the script all that, or do you, are you just not taking it all that seriously?" <laughs> it's, right. Yeah. It's a blockbuster movie. Um, no, Cronenberg's an artist with a capital A. He really is. I mean, nothing, nothing's accidental in his films. I think everything is calculated. Oh, totally. And I, I really do not feel like he gets all that. I don't feel like he gets as spoiled like some other filmmakers do. Like, yeah. Uh, I think it was like Robert Eager's been using a lot of the same names. Scorsese kind of used DiCaprio and De Niro to death. Um, David yeah, Russell I mean, he, must have Christian Bell in every single movie he does. And he did a few things with this, like Beagle Mortensen shows up in a few movies. Beagle Mortensen, but I will applaud Jeremy Irons. Yeah, because my, my dad and uncle growing up, they would always reference uh uh Dead Ringers. Like, oh, was he, like Jeremy Irons was robbed of the Oscar that, that year. I think I think the only reason he won it for Reversal of Fortune the year after is because he didn't get it for Dead Ringers. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. He is so good in that he's amazing and it got a proper blue and for those listening if you don't know about it he plays twin gynecologist so Twins. he's playing two roles and that was when and, cronenberg was still writing a lot of his movies right and the twins they will impersonate each other so he has to play his own twin pretending to be the same character <laughs> it's but you somehow it doesn't get messy you know who's who and it's just it's a brilliant performance it's crazy right oh my god yeah and uh, all this imagery. Uh, I think Irons is also an M Butterfly. I'm not sure mm-hmm. if I saw that movie. Um, it's good. I mean, it's an adaptation of the uh, of the play, but it's I mean, a period drama. I think, yeah, mm-hmm. right. Um, it's, still, it's still very well worth watching. Yeah, great. Uh, uh, my first, I, my first Cronenberg uh, film was The Fly. Oh, even better. Yeah, my, yeah. my dad references uh, that at least. I was once probably too young to see it. I was probably. I don't even think I was 12 yet. I was probably 11 or something. It's and, surprisingly uh, oh, pretty man. engaging despite it, 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 
it had a profound effect on me. It truly did. Oh yeah, because if you ever see any of his other movies, you're gonna get nightmares or you know. Yeah, and it's so just the disease themes and everything. It's like Peter Jackson put it best in an interview I saw. He said that when he saw the fly, he didn't want the videotape in his house. <laughs> he felt, it felt like it was diseased and that he would get something from it. That's ironic coming from And I, I could never put it that articulately back then, but that's exactly how I felt. I, I didn't like touching the tape. It was like, oh, this is, ugh. There's just that voyeur, not voyeuristic, just something that just made you feel like, well, this is a forbidden object. I can't, you know. Yeah, yeah. That and the whole disease theme of the fly, it makes you feel like you're going to catch something through it, you know, and then you're going right? to mutate into a big brundle fly and puke on people. <laughs> oh, yeah. And, and Jeff Goldblum started doing conventions more recently, but it is always listed on there along with, you know, all his oh, beloved yeah, he's great. blockbusters. He's great, but yeah, I, I don't think that would have given him as many options. I don't think. I don't think if he had done that, I don't think he would have been as. I mean, he was always doing kind of off canny, you know, wacky comedies, but I don't think he would have even done something even as goofy as Earth Girls. You know, his, he just had kind of that. <laughs> he kind of just, I think he makes all his actors feel comfortable with just, you know, screw what anyone else thinks. Just do something that defies explanation. And if people yeah. want to, you know, obviously your grandparents aren't going to watch these movies. And obviously, <laughs> anyone who's got sensitive you know they'll probably acknowledge you but say yeah sorry i can't finish this it's too graphic and it's like well yeah, yeah. and and yeah Kroderberg isn't afraid of pushing the envelope and he, he has no real he I, I don't know how he would feel about this now and i would love to ask him this question but i read an interview with him from the 90s i believe <laughs> where he's he a quote i will never forget is that he said that an artist has no social responsibility and that's probably a very un-PC thing to say right now because everyone is held accountable for things they say, and they should be. But when you're talking about, you know, creating as an artist, it's like you really shouldn't hold yourself back. You know, if there's something you feel compelled to create, you should do it. Oh, totally. And then I guess let, let the public be the judge, you know? A thousand percent. Uh, it, you do need to be held accountable, but... It's not the same as say, you know, we are, Jason and I are in no way implying that we are congressmen who just, you know, want to blindly, you know, list everything as taboo and ban it. <laughs> it Absolutely like not. The, the guy who watched Taxi Driver 50 times and shot Ronald Reagan, you know, that was not on Scorsese. That was right, on exactly. that dude and yes. maybe even the theater yes. owners for saying, hey, dude, are you okay? I, I got to deny you entry. <laughs> well, you know, violence existed way before movies were made, so, you know. <laughs> I mean, there's not, uh, I, I just have pals who do the video nasty challenge. They will go for a movie and see if it was worth being on that list and half the time. Most of them, them weren't. <laughs> no. It's like, they it's just they were so they're kind of like we're like the band twilight zone episodes where it's like they made enough of an impression or it's like yeah, yeah, yeah. Just play that at two hysteria. in the morning yeah <laughs> it's insane <laughs> uh, you mentioned you mentioned his newest film uh what did you think about it history of not a history of violence I, but you know, um it crimes of the future it might it, everyone's going to vary on this I, I had some who complained that they didn't feel like it was horror enough um for me the the only concern was seeing kristen stewart and i was like screw it it's cronenberg seeing it yeah, doesn't i matter. thought she was pretty good in it actually i thought she did a good job she didn't leave an impression on me either way but i i didn't have any issue with it it's just kind of it's a you know how when people kind of just get to that point where they're kind of doing movies that are similar to their earlier works but it's kind of more like a 
uh well what's it like the called in a book where it's like the afterthought oh like a coda or something or epilogue. something like that yeah. or almost like a prologue even it's like in any in many ways i feel like this is kind of just his counterpart to all the other stuff he's done before like videodrome and um existence and oh yeah videodrome and existence go hand in hand they're they're like yeah. you're right they're like two books that are connected yeah if anything this is his list of an anthology book and it's like yeah here's he's kind of it might be well-worn territory but he makes it new again he's just he's going through that threshold that he has navigated before and showing again mad scientists and, and much like the fly just who get caught up in their own experiment mm -hmm. to where they are the experiment <laughs> yeah i thought it was a pretty good return to form i mean at least return to his old body horror stomping grounds i i actually the movie i thought would have worked better maybe as a series because when it ended it i was like what? it's, it's over already more. it's already yeah. over i was wanting more it went by so fast and he is really good with just how do you think he handles static shots because there's other people who can get a little self-indulgent and makes you go well you know <laughs> it, I, well I think he, he's he's masterful i mean he knows what to do you and know, you know he always he hires the best dps doing. yeah 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 that's true i forgot how many great cinematographers he's worked with and editors and i mean yeah he usually is like peter shuzitsky who shot empire strikes back that was one of his biggest right <laughs> uh carol spears always doing his art direction there's movies um, of his that have dark fantasy and horror elements like even spider he's like i wouldn't classify that as horror but it's definitely a dark oh movie. yeah absolutely every one of his movies has some some hint of darkness in it at least going back to even existence you know i, I recently saw that a few years ago i kind of didn't like how it almost initially ends and then it just throws you for full is like it's yeah. a, a thought within a thought basically i think and, that's a great one i think that's a great movie and it has I, one of my favorite scenes too where uh jude law is eating the meal and yeah. like taking it apart and like assembling that flesh gun oh that's such a great scene the flesh gun yeah. uh even and i think in that same scene he's even examining like someone who's died and he's like yeah but he's not really dead it's in this virtual you know right it's like but if anything that's like the gross out you know to come out the same year when everyone was trying to get that matrix money yeah it's like <laughs> uh, to me it almost ends in like one of the darker like stargate almost kind of episodes it's like it's that kind of just what these Toronto filmmakers know how to do is just kind of just, you know, everyone else experiments, but Cronenberg kind of makes the audience be part of the experiment. And he mm -hmm. kind of just, like you say, he interweaves. Yeah. And he, I, I forgot think, about I the he's... hamburger scene. That is hysterical. <laughs> this is like, we are meat. <laughs> right. Yeah. I think uh, he's also like prescient. I mean, because like, look at Videodrome, which is probably my favorite Cronenberg film. But if you substitute the internet for TV, he told the future with that movie oh, yeah. I mean, characters saying lines like you know in the future we we will all have tv names how many of us go by our real names online and stuff like that you know it's just right yeah uh so we, we see that now i mean people are doing it more lighter with blockbusters like uh free guy which is as i call it, is part of zach Penn's virtual reality trilogy <laughs> mm. people finding themselves through fictional realities that they're a part of is like yeah i mean he goes for the darkness which is just like yeah um, and how many people feel like malaise about social media you know i mean we mm -hmm. we love it but at the same time we hate it 
you know, right? it, it, it divides and it obsesses and it's, you know, oh, yeah. very ugly. Oh, totally. It, it, and I mean, now it's oversaturated to where, I mean, Wayne Brady was saying recently is like TikTok's here to stay. So you just got to use it the right way. But, you know, <laughs> wow. that's also easier said than done. You know, yeah. there's going to be so many moments where just like, eh, I want to use it, but this is just phone me just such a wrong way now. Mm. so much wrong sauce but i wouldn't be surprised if he pulled a soderberg and started utilizing recent technology oh yeah no doubt now i did not know this i did not know that uh uh ivan reitman uh mm. was one of his producers on his earlier movies uh oh, yeah. shivers but that makes yep. sense two canadian two, two canucks um uh-huh yep yep <laughs> uh what do you think what do you think of his early films I, I say check them out that some of them don't hit me like like they do with dead ringers or scanners mm -hmm. uh, I, but a little, a little rough around the edges but there's some, so so many great ideas in them and well that's and, just it you know he if anything he i think you know so romero george romero was kind of all about one location just hitting home on that and use your blue collar friends who are just as good an actor as someone you see on tv at seven mm -hmm. you know and uh reitman kind of just experimented with a lot of comedy and uh i can't believe i'm bringing this up but ghostbusters <laughs> horror cred um uh yeah and then i mean um with with Raimi, it was all kind of just have a sense of humor about everything and just let it take its course you know people are gonna be view evil dead just as a legit horror as much as they do a wacky fantasy comedy you know and Mm. or a violent action movie that with gross out gags you know is so cronenberg is kind of more of just let the idea speak bigger than the words so there are plenty of mo moments uh one of the guys later on i think in scanners kind of gives a performance that leaves a lot to be desired but it doesn't matter you want to know about why are people's heads exploding but yeah. so I, I do think that's probably one of his weakest films actually is scanners and yeah, maybe no, part of it, maybe part of it is that exploding head because that's kind of near the beginning that sets up this expectation that it's going to be like a gore fest or something. Oh uh, yeah, we we, we got it's really not. It's more of a political <laughs> thriller than anything. Yeah, it's a conspiracy. All these newscasters are questioning each other. <laughs> What's going on here? Um, but and I, I think the sequels didn't help. But uh, that there's oh, another no. one, Puri David. You know, he made his career off of. Now, that was one of his first big productions. He went on to produce other gross-out franchises like Wishmaster and The Dentist. And so, if yeah. anything, yes, with, with all these people Cronenberg has worked with, he is a, he's kind of the head collaborator. But, um, I mean, I know people who are even divided on his movies, but they will still check it out because they know he's not a dumb person. He's not too campy. He's not... I wouldn't even call him campy. He's just no, not at all. He's a cult filmmaker. Uh, all movie dares to compare him to Romero as well as Tobe Hooper. Mm -hmm. Do you have? A, is there a favorite of yours of Cronenberg? You know, this might be a hot take. I kind of like Naked Lunch. Dude, I was I was going to say Naked Lunch is my second favorite. <laughs> okay, even better. And I love that movie. Peter Weller is perfect, right? As and bros, it's just. You, I don't think anyone else could have translated that. I could see maybe someone like maybe the Coens or someone might have tried it, but well, I mean, yeah, you you cannot film that book as written. That's impossible. No, but, but he really he he took the spirit and really William translated it. Yeah. yeah, 
translate it into something uh, you can actually kind of ingest. <laughs> ingest? Careful. I said that in a quote. <laughs> so dare I say, what is what is his best acting cameo, do you think? Oh, I, I think his best acting job would be in Nightbreed, which is really more of a cameo because he's I think he's one of the stars, you know. But I can't see anyone else doing that. I mean, Sam Raimi was making cameos like in William Lustig and a bunch of the other guys' movies as like mm -hmm. a reporter or a guy who gets killed at the beginning. But I can't see anyone else doing that. I think anyone probably, else would... uh, probably my favorite cameo of his is in his own movie in The Fly when he's delivering. Oh, that's right. In the dream sequence. Yes, because I didn't. I didn't know who he was. This was, you know, back in the day. This was the late '80s. You didn't really have all access to what directors looked like and all that. I stuff. will admit, I think I'm glad yeah. they took the cat death out. I think that just would have been too much. That, that would have been a bit much. Yeah, but I remember hearing the doctor's voice, who I didn't know was David Cronenberg, and I just I found his voice oddly soothing. You know, Which and it's so and ironic it stuck in with a me. movie yeah. that has you on the edge of your seat, and you're right, just like, right. whoa, whoa. And then later I found out that was him, and I was like, oh, that's cool. Okay. Yeah, I'm glad they took out the cat thing, too. That would have been a little bit too much. You don't want to show too much, you know? Oh, and that's just it. And, I mean, like, even the rape sequence, you know, I I don't – while it's too much for me in the dead zone, I don't feel like it's gratuitous, if that makes sense. No, I, I it's I tread not. lightly because this is not a easy to watch you know, it's scene not, in a movie. But... It's not for exploitation. It's not for titillation. Thank no, you. it's pure yes. horror. Yeah. That, so that's one of the things. Because he understands humanity and explores his dark side, I think that's what keeps him from being dub and exploitation guy mm -hmm. or having even kind of the backlash that, I don't know if he's had backlash, but just hard. I mean, I look at some of the other guys and I don't think they've fallen necessarily. It's just they've kind of gone the independent route. Like uh, Joe Dante's kind of done that. He had a falling out with Warner Brothers and he said, okay, fuck Hollywood. I'll make what I want to make that I would have made. <laughs> It's so ago. sad when directors like him can't get money to make movies. You know, right. it's, it's insane. It's just, ugh, oh, so I, I'm tired of when my sister sends me clickbait, you know, it's like, oh, Jane Campion and Martin Scorsese hate superhero movies. It's like, it's more than that. They yeah. just hate how it's. They, it although they're, all they're saying is it's not art. And, it's, and it, that could be, that's debatable. What is art, you know? But, I think they're fun. I, I, I don't his love every single superhero movie. And I, I think, if anything, the fandom's to blame because, like, you'll see people who are like, "You must love every single Marvel or DC." I'm like, "Well, that's just not gonna yeah, happen." That's ridiculous. That's stupid. I it's... love Star Wars, but I don't love every Star Wars film. You know? How can you? I mean, <laughs> right. there's Star Wars movies that have great moments, and then you're like, "Yeah, but take that battle away. That was a boring slog." And it's yeah. just like, I mean, there's Star Trek movies. The cast wish they didn't have to relive Ranch. <laughs> so I mean, yeah, and I'm sure there's an episode of The Twilight Zone that Aaron Spelling secretly disowns. I mean, what? Not Aaron Spelling, but did I dare say out Rod Sterling? Oh, wow. That's a face palm. It's a good thing you're the editor and cut that out. Oh, no, that's funny. I'm keeping that. Um, but no, thank you. That's that's a good way of putting it. He's not exploitive. Right. He has elements that would otherwise, in an exploitation filmmaker's... Oh, yeah, he, he doesn't shy from. away from showing nudity and gore and stuff like that, but it's always but he's it's not for shlocky. a purpose. It's <laughs> for the, it's... We'll return after these messages. Hello and welcome to Culture Shocked, the pop culture podcast brought to you by four aging millennials and our outdated opinions. Join us every Tuesday as we discuss movies, TV, games, and even music, new and old. Dude, what do you think you're doing? Are you seriously trying to record a promo without us right now? Well, uh, yeah. 
dude, you can't just do the promo by yourself. Who's going to listen to that? Yeah, and you probably haven't even told them that we're a pop culture podcast where we always agree on everything. Uh, for instance, the Sam Raimi trilogy easily being the best of the Spider-Man movies. J no, no. But I think we can all agree that Jaws is a classical masterpiece. Mm, nope, don't like that. But we do all agree that the sequel trilogy of Star Wars is the best in the Skywalker saga, right, guys? That comment is so ridiculous. I don't even know where to Anyways, uh, that'll do it from all of us here at Culture Shock. Thanks for listening. Hey, it's Brent Pope, the host of Breakfast with Brent Pope. You've seen me on some of your favorite TV shows saying things like, give it up, Jimmy. You got to sink this putt to win. On Breakfast with Brent Pope, I sit down with guests from the entertainment world and we do it all over breakfast. Or should I say breakfast? Every week on Breakfast, you get inside Hollywood info and tips, great breakfast wrecks and booty debates. Most of all, you get the most delightful 30 minutes of your week. So dig in. It's breakfast time. Listen at breakfast.com, Apple Podcasts, or wherever fine podcasts are found. Do you ever find yourself thinking about who would win in a fight between Goku and Superman? Hi, I'm James Gavsey, and on the Who Would Win show, me and my co-host Ray ignore anything important happening in the outside world and debate fictional battles between characters from comics, movies, and video games. We got a new show every week, and almost always am I the winner. Yeah, not true, Ray. In the past, we've discussed such matches as Captain America versus Darth Vader, Solid Snake versus the Iron Giant, classic matchups like RoboCop versus Terminator, and even the Muppets versus Sesame Street. That one was crazy. So if you're a fan of geek culture and love a spirited debate, check out the Who Would Win Show wherever you get your podcasts or check us out at whowouldwinshow.com. We let things pile up in the DVR. We add them to our queues. We wait for the DVDs and Blu-rays. We time shift. The Time Shifters podcast. Sci-fi, horror, fantasy, superheroes, comedy, action, film, television, maybe some not-so-current events. Find us on iTunes or at timeshifterspodcast.com. Cool thing about Blind Knowledge is we are in multiple countries. We are worldwide all across the globe. We are in the U.S. We are in the U.K. We are in Canada, Germany, India, Japan. We're in Australia, y'all. Blindknowledge.com. Now back to the feature presentation. Yeah, it, it, it supports his thesis when he does this. You know, it's not I'm just, kind of hey, <laughs> here's some TNA for you to keep you awake. No, it's not about that. Yeah, he's going into the psych of it all. And he's. I'm even surprised that New World Pictures or one of those Roger Corman, you know, knockoff artists didn't try to get him he was probably too expensive for what they were asking so they just didn't you know he was uh offered return of the jedi wait that's david lynch cronenberg was involved i'm thinking of total recall that's the one that's the sci-fi i film do remember that, that I cronenberg remember. was supposed to make and i think his take would have been amazing i, I mean i'm pretty happy Doesn't with that make sense, it's a though? Fun movie. you know yeah it, it, <laughs> yeah the whole questioning of reality and everything it's right up cronenberg's alley i mean and that's just it. He's collaborated with so many of these cult filmmakers, and Recall would have been interesting. I think he would have had more gross-out gags. I mean, I'm even surprised he didn't do End of Days. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. Why didn't you get his number? Um, uh, but <laughs> that is awesome. But no, Lynch is a good counterpart. It seems like they're part of the same coin. Lynch. Yeah, that's true. Lynch does just... I mean, he kind of was doing the mind fuckery before Christopher Nolan was trying to steal that thunder, steal that money. Uh, but um, 
Uh, Cronenberg, I mean, kind of just. I well, guess you could say, of, yeah, they're, they're definitely slaves to their. They're the passion, art house kind of. You know, yeah. <laughs> Capital A artists. I will sure. admit, I did have to rewatch Eastern Promises again. I loved mm-hmm. the first half, and then I didn't care for like the second half. It lost me. And then I resaw it again. It's like, I love it even more. Even especially yeah. now that I love the twist. And I saw others that they, they love. I have pals who would love bank robbery and gangster movies, mm-hmm. and they hated that. I'm like, well, see, really? that puts a different spin on it. He, uh-huh. It's an identity movie. It's a more yeah. bigger identity movie than The Departed. It's like it's all about mm-hmm. <laughs> uh, a man who's got to accept, you know, that he is who he is because all these eyes are watching him. <laughs> yeah, I, I don't blame um, Cronenberg for using Viggo Mortensen so much. He's such a brave actor. He's so good. Like he's he's, he's fearless. The, the man. Brave yeah, actor. he's just he goes for it. Uh, and he's still making big blockbuster movies and showing how it is possible to, you know, go from being a, if anything, Vigo and Cronenberg were from the same, a lot of the same cloud. It's just one of them was doing international productions and, you know, then got big from Lord of the Rings and then still showed how he still had a big, Oh yeah. Make audiences come out and see who he was. And I think kind of, I mean, I, I don't know if you kept up with, um, Vigo in interviews. I, I remember seeing a more recent interview and I respected him instantly when we did a special on him and he was one of those, he hates just people getting privileged, you know, it's like mm. he, when he was invited to one of the Oscar ceremonies, uh, he absolutely, uh, people were like, oh no, you can't sit there. And he's like, I refuse. I'm not going to sit up in the corner with everybody else. I'm going to sit where all the other guys who aren't going to win anything. <laughs> nice. nice. I, I yeah, think- he, he seems like a legitimate, you know, honest artist oh yeah if anyone claimed he ran over someone i would not believe it I just, like, no. <laughs> right, yeah. and, and uh, much like uh you know cronenberg just seems like much like Ramy, and you know lynch is kind of more i don't want to say standoffish but kind of more just leave me to my own device and i will make a product that i don't care if it takes you 20 decades to figure it out right <laughs> i did my job and cronenberg uh, is kind of more just like take an idea that's vapid that's insane but i'm insane enough to pull it off because yeah will... it, it, he rides that line between that art house obscurity and mainstream films he, yeah. he's really good at managing both of it he's the real van helsing because each movie you yeah. watch he stakes you <laughs> yeah nice yeah exactly sometimes not in your heart I saw that he was almost involved with a sequel to Basic Instinct. Well, long story short, let's be glad that didn't happen. But I I do feel like he does kind of have some of Paul Verhoeven, although Verhoeven, you know, goes for satire. And it's it just unfortunately due to. I want to say his Dutch culture, you know, it kind of just does doesn't always land Mm because you you watch his overseas movies like Flesh and Blood and uh, great movie, underrated movie. That one's not so underrated. That is the anti, you know. All is kind of like Lynch does kind of, I feel like all these guys kind of do anti-movies. It's like mm-hmm. Jordan Pill's kind of doing that, especially with Nope recently. And it's like, I still well, haven't seen it. I feel bad for it. I haven't seen that movie. I need no, to. It's all good. You'll either like it or hate it. And There's so much to watch. There's just, ah, I can't watch everything. I'm the same way. Funny enough, I've been able to get TV shows off the like, digital mm. recorder. And then I'm like, oh, fuck, I better hurry up. I better get yeah. this uh, movie in the can. Uh, so, to hit, to hit on your point, it does seem like uh, uh, is like these guys. Uh, I, I do feel like he and Verhoeven come from a similar nature of 
go explore dark truce and yeah. just yeah use your time they, wisely. they have different approaches like you say yeah Verhoeven goes more for the satire whereas Cronenberg does it in more of a subversive way almost very subversive subversive is a good way to put it I mean there's a reason you guys are genre exposure you because <laughs> it does seem like you'll see plenty of other people who if there's a people or person I have on occasion encountered people who love or hate Cronenberg, but you don't know how much of their movies they've actually seen or if it's right. just a cool yeah. thing to say. It's like, no, no. But there's no that. one in the middle. No one says, ah, oh, he's okay. You know, <laughs> no one says that about no, Cronenberg. He's good. Right. It's either they love him or they hate him. But now, is there uh, a movie you would recommend for someone who maybe hasn't seen a lot of Cronenberg films? Like a good uh, one to kind of get I've, into? I mean, I'm with you. I think The Fly is probably his most accessible. Yeah. And then if you, uh, History of Violence is definitely a must-see. History of Violence is a very good movie. Very I good. don't understand, though, why he doesn't consider it an action movie. Maybe he just doesn't like the label that it would be comparable to a Harrison Ford or Schwarzenegger movie. I think when you say, I, I might agree with that, because I think when you say action that means the emphasis is is on the action and on that sort of okay. I just go with spectacle action in it because it's still a crime movie. Oh, there's definitely lots of action, but like most Cronenberg films, I think the action is more horror oriented, really. Because like that Ooh, scene in the diner, yeah, the yeah. scene in the diner when he, you know, he's defending himself and he shoots the guy in the face and his tongue's lolling out and everything. It's interesting. You should check out the Spike TV edit. They totally actually... Oh, God. That's going to be incomprehensible. No, actually, no. <laughs> but the finale no? is pretty uncut. Oh, okay. You right. shot in the face. They just cut out the very first part where the random victim is Oh, cut. right, right. And so when I saw that, I was like, what movie is that from? Oh. And yeah. Obviously, they take out the sex scene, but, you know. Yeah, we can't have that. Not in America. No, you can show someone's head. Blown and I remember off and stuff, seeing but... someone saying that was gratuitous. I'm like, do you actually understand what it's about? It's just right. to show his incessant love mm -hmm. for this person who, which is a fun foreshadow because how that movie ends is like, I, I, I loved how other people complained about how it ended. There's always got to be someone who complains about everything, but like oh, because this, of, the, of the ambiguity, is that? I'm what, like, that well, problem? how else would it end? It would just be more messy more unpleasant we, right. we've encountered that's a perfect all of it. ending it's a perfect ending because you don't it know exactly to... where it's gonna go but i thought it, it go was either cute. way i thought it was cute having it be at dinner time where, yeah exactly uh <laughs> this man's kids who have seen him actually kill in their defense and their angry mom who never knew he was a former you know retired hitman gangster yeah yeah left it all behind it's like all this explaining it's and, a perfect ending. It's like yeah. um, even the new one, uh, Crimes of the Future. I could see that ending pissing off a lot of people, but it, it was a perfect ending. I mean, I wanted more. I wanted more because it was so good. And I'm like, I want, I want to see more of this story. Oh, totally. Uh, like you say, it could totally be an Amazon Prime limited yeah. series, five episodes. Because um, they're racing it lately. They have a lot of shows where I have to watch three episodes in a row. They do. Not, yeah. Or I am going to forget it. It will... <laughs> You know, my brain, and, <laughs> right. and uh, I, I could see him doing uh, just all other kinds of shows, but I, I think, like Lynch, to your earlier point, I think enough people know about him to where they know that I might have to see it more than once, or I might, but I don't think he's even so much as that. I they just know he's not your common cinema, so no, be prepared. It's not escapism, you know, you have to, yeah, he's no gonna, he's gonna challenge you a little bit, you know, you have to. Because it's okay, like the whole, um, 
you know, Scorsese thing about comic book movies and stuff. It's like, those are fine. It's great to have movies that you can just watch and have fun with and forget about. I but also, if, if you're not challenging yourself every now and then, you're missing out. Oh, you really totally. are. You know? I'm I'm so tired of the I only want brain dead entertainment. Yeah, no. Like, you're not no, going to get it's, that. It's like fast food. You don't want it all the time. No. Eventually, <laughs> your body will say cancer, cancer, reject, reject. But, <laughs> yeah. Um, uh, my only issue with Scorsese is I do kind of feel him a little hypocritical because, I mean, he did do, you know, Joker. And it was like, well, that's a comic book superhero movie. So Yeah. I mean, it, yeah. I think he only made it just because it was kind of like uh, his earlier movies styled after that. But Cronenberg, uh, I, I don't feel like he holds back and I don't feel like he's too much for his own good. I don't feel, like you say, mm-hmm. like he doesn't not know what he's talking about. I feel so many others can easily fall into that rhythm. Right. There's some who I'm actually surprised have gone through hits and misses. I'm just looking at the resumes of even other people uh, like John Schlesinger and even Stephen Hopkins. It's like, they're probably some of the few people who I never see make any worst of list. And they've had so many, you know, hits and misses. I don't feel Mm -hmm. like Cronenberg got too old for his own good with uh, like Brian De Palma, where he just really took the misses. So yeah, kind of started phoning it in. Yeah. Uh, And and then you kind of heard rumors of how he was still trying to have long, exhaustive hours, just like in the 70s. It's like, you can't do that. You can't do what Michael Mann was getting in trouble with back in the 90s, yeah, dude. Yeah. You got you to gotta break. You got to be ready to rap. And you got to let people get three hours of sleep. Yeah, or like William Freakin, <laughs> people like that from the 70s. And the oh, 80s. yeah. Freaking, I do admire. But we we did have some He's a maniac. Guests. He's a maniac. Yeah, we had some great guests on it. and. Uh, have you seen his uh, documentary where he's like, I actually believe in exorcisms and everything? I haven't watched it. No, it, it, it looks and, very cheesy. Uh, uh, Caitlin of uh, Scared Sheepless uh, blog had a great take on it. Is like he absolutely believes in his bullshit, and it's worked <laughs> well most of the time. But then it's just slowly is like, I mean, freaking, I do kind of respect a little more than De Palma because it's like. Diploma, don't get me wrong. When he's good, he's good. But no, he's great. He's got lots of duds. And he's one of those like, okay, I can get a 10 part, but it's gonna be a little a lot of navigation. <laughs> and is like freaking is like he kind of ate up a lot of his stuff, but I feel like he's kind of like a, another side of the same coin where he's like, but if imagine like a more angry Cronenberg or Lynch, who if people mm-hmm. hate it. He's kind of going to do what Roger Corman was doing when people would show up at his drive-in movies and laugh during the minute. He's going to throw popcorn at you. <laughs> <laughs> right. Man, an angry Cronenberg. I wonder if Cronenberg ever gets angry. He doesn't seem the sort of guy that would get angry. I think angry. if he does, I see him as more of a David Chase kind where if he gets a memo that someone was in a car crash or came like to set, he's going to give him 10 minute, 20 minutes for him to be angry and just throw the trash can across the office and then think to himself alone i don't see him yeah, as a right no i, I can never see him, see him like a, losing his cool or anything like yeah, that. yeah no definitely no bitch slot like freaking was known for <laughs> no 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 um uh well and to hit on the superhero point um my, my sister I, I keep bringing her up i don't mean to downplay her she's a very awesome film buff uh, but <laughs> i remember she sent me an article where neil blomkamp of uh, district nine and Lyceum fame and uh uh dennis Vanab, got into it on Twitter. Like Dennis Vanell was like, I fucking hate superhero movies. And uh, you know, Blanca was like, fuck you. I love it all. I love superhero movies. <laughs> and, and she wanted me to take a side. I'm like, 
doesn't matter. I love those guys too. I feel like Blanco, yeah. even though all his movies haven't always hit uh, the right angle, I feel like he's a kind of a uh, experimental sci-fi guy who just channels what he loved from the eighties. And District Nine is is a perfect movie. Oh, it's I one saw of those that few the perfect films. Yeah, I, I, I remember my uh, my family and I. We were joking. It was like that's an R-rated ET. And so that's, <laughs> yeah, yeah. That's enemy. I love that movie because I I. That one was so it was like like a lot of Cronenberg's work. Honestly, you don't know where it's going, and you I really love don't. that. I love that. I feel like too many people in the healthcare system get angry at Elysium needlessly. I'm like, well, it's showing everything wrong. It's still going to happen in the future, right? Yeah. If I need to be scantily clad, like in <laughs> Mad Max, to make my point, then you're not ready <laughs> to listen to me anyway. I mean, and the best kind of sci-fi is when you deal with dystopians and other uh social commentaries yeah how you're, you you're just holding a reflection up to us right now oh know? totally it's, it's not going to get any better you're no. welcome <laughs> yeah right and vanav kind of like cronenberg has kind of been navigating he is all about get inside the person's mind but don't rely on just the actor playing to the camera you know? right yeah uh but yeah um uh, his son Brandon, I'm kind of surprised it's taken him so long to get into the scene because uh, he had uh, antiviral, which was kind of a sleeper in 2012. And uh, Possessor, I, I got to say though, almost feels like the unofficial sequel to Existence. Oh really? Yeah, I need to yeah. watch that. That's what yeah. I haven't seen. Because I was not prepared for it. I figured, okay, it's it's kind of like typical, you know, body horrors. Like no, even more. Like. It's dealing with corporate spies, so it's kind of like existence got a cyberpunk kind of feel. Cool. And and then it kind of goes into a X-rated uh body snatchers. And by X-rated, I mean it is there's gonna be those squeamish moments. Do not watch this, especially Sean Bean Lovers, spoiler. <laughs> <laughs> nice, nice. Uh, but I, I was mindfucked by it and I was left wanting more. So I feel I, like that, that's the way it should be, man. But so if anything, Brandon is definitely taking his father's footsteps, but he's not. I don't think he's getting too cute for his own good. If anything, he might. I can't believe we're going back to Reitman. I think like Jason Reitman, he's studied and loves his old man so much. So he's going to do mm -hmm. movies much like that. And then he'll surprise you with something that's his own doing. He's like, uh, uh, you know, right, Jason was given the other Jason. Um, <laughs> Reitman was given. Uh, the reigns of the Ghostbusters franchise, but you know, uh, as cute as Ivan can be with movies like Dave, I don't, I don't think he would have done something like "Thank You for Smoking" like that his son did. You know, right. so it's cool yeah. seeing this comparison. Contrast. It's not just nepotism; they're, they're talented yes, filmmakers in their own yeah. right. Yeah. You're right. It's the same thing with actors, where everyone's got to prove themselves. And they need an extra boost. You kind of saw that with all the offsprings of the Eastwoods and Gibsons and yeah. other people. It's like they're kind of just part of an ensemble. They're not quite too Emilio mm -hmm. <laughs> Estevez or Kiefer Sutherland level. You can't, can't fault them for trying, you know, but oh, totally. at the same time, it's like, nah, you got to stand on your own at the end of the day. Oh, a thousand percent. And so much like David Cronenberg will probably be listed as one of the best filmmakers. I think he'll probably be listed as one of the essential Canadian filmmakers and no for sure just yeah. about every other Canadian filmmaker almost always has like credit in one of his movies even if it's like a five second role as a medic you know mm. <laughs> or a first person killed you know? <laughs> yeah. oh I mean if anything 
uh, how would you contrast him with some of the other guys who often are the first ones mentioned for, especially for the nineties, like Wes Craven? Oh, oh man. Uh, I mean, I, you know, I love Wes, but he, no, it's he, fine. He, he, he was probably the spottiest of all of the horror directors. Yeah. I he always had a studio guy. He was just, it seemed like he was too nice of a guy. He always got yeah. taken advantage of. Well, well, for every Elm street, there's like, three deadly friends you know <laughs> the deadly friends or um, i sold a take is one of those i'm like yeah that was a yeah. monster took him away didn't let him do anything yeah um but i mean honestly cronenberg is really in a class of his own i really i really think that i mean yeah it, it, it transcends horror it transcends any genre um and the raw the you can tell often when you're with the wrong crowd like, yeah. I, I can often tell kind of like with when I would see George Romero fans, I would always ask him follow-up question. Have you seen anything? You know, have you seen Martin? Have you seen any right. non-zombie movies? Oh, Martin is so good. Right. Um, my parents absolutely hated uh Night Riders growing up, and that was the first thing I saw. Night Riders is so Ed fun. Harrison. How could you hate I, Night Riders? I Tom Savini riding around on a motorcycle. Think, yes, much, please. Right. I think much like <laughs> I think much like Verhoeven with Starship Troopers, I think a lot of people just see it at face value. Yeah. And so it's just like, um, but yeah, I mean, I, I mean, yeah, I, it's it's a silly, it's a silly movie. Why would these guys take this so seriously? You know, riding around on motorcycles, jousting. But is it any sillier than football? No, exactly. I mean, <laughs> you know? I, if anything, I feel like it's a documentary on because I go to a lot of those medieval times. Uh, yeah, kind of. those written fair things, you know. Oh, not not medieval times. Uh, Renaissance fairs. Yeah. So yeah. I see plenty of people trying to recreate, you know, uh, what might be a middle of the world kind of portal back in the. Sure. Yeah. Yep. Eighteen uh, hundreds and, or shall we say, sixteen <laughs> hundreds and yeah. Um, but that, that's a good point. He does seem like uh, he's all about uh, just cautionary tells more so than some of these other guys and even if his movies are hard to watch again you can't say that he didn't flesh and again no pun and a bunch of it out he (laughs) he he's all about is like he wants you to feel kind of in the moment and i guess you could say other people i mean i could look at recent ridley scott they kind of don't know how they just feel like the audience is an idiot and yet they'll have characters who are absolute idiots and they don't reinforce that enough and Cronenberg he knows characters like all of his characters motivations make sense even if you don't agree with them you know it makes sense oh totally but right yeah if we're gonna say one movie you might skip what would it be of Cronenberg's films one movie oh god um probably I'm not going to include Fast Company uh, because <laughs> that's that's movie. right. It, it, Actual I'm not, stunts. I'm not, that's an easy one to skip because it's kind of not that interesting. No, it's fine. It, it, it doesn't really it doesn't really fit in with his oeuvre that much. No, I'm, I'm with you. I but honestly, I'll probably I would probably say Scanners. It's okay to skip Scanners. Watch the head exploding scene, and, and you're good to go. <laughs> right. Yeah, good, good I you know. Uh, I did not care for uh, Maps to the Stars. I liked where it was going, showing the Hollywood underbelly. But yeah. I just was very disorganized, and none of the dark comedy landed for me. But Cosmopolis, I think, 
I'm sorry. I'm just not a Pat, Robert Pattinson guy. <laughs> oh, uh, he's won me over. I'm I'm a convert now. After oh, okay. <laughs> after the lighthouse, it's, it's just I'm like, okay, yeah, you're a real actor now. Okay, fine. <laughs> uh, if anything, there's a lot of people. I have to even explain to people is like when people start out in infamous movies, you know, I'm not judging, you know, what you first started in, you know, it's like, sure. I don't, you gotta, I don't you give, gotta get a break somewhere. Right. I don't give two shits. If anyone started off in twilight transformers, it's like, or, like, the, uh, like DiCaprio, you know, Titanic. Oh God, I couldn't stand him. But then eventually <laughs> he became an actual good actor. So, you know, fair enough. I mean, and if you just don't like an actor, then you don't like the actor. I mean, just say that. But yeah. there's so many other people, they will try to be a kiss ass. It's like, I will still see any movie that Tom Cruise is in, even though I think he's a terrible person. I, see, I the, Tom Cruise is a good example for me because I, I can't do him. I can't do his movies. I just can't. Mm -mm. That's nope. all good. Yeah. <laughs> when, when we had you on the, you guys on the Yeah, Jason, I was probably James bitching Bond about episode. it then. Yeah. Well, we, we, when we had you on the James Bond episode, you know, I, I loved how we kind of just let loose. It's like, man, these <laughs> movies drive us crazy. This is the side of Bond I don't want to see. And I saw Top Gun too, and it was like, so basically everyone blew their load on uh, Marine Ad. <laughs> yeah, yeah. I, oh, yeah. I, it's I, like the I first just, one. I, right, not the first. <laughs> Second time. Yeah. Um, but it is interesting to seeing how various formulas can be experimented upon. And, you know, I, I would never claim he's a has-been for this guy. I mean. Uh, oh, God, no. It, when, if I'm going to say someone's a has-been, I mean, I don't know. if They better have just, like, not wanted to do this for quite a while. Yeah, it has been people who keep making it just to make a living, and they don't care. They have no passion. There's no focus. You know, They seem like a dick. That is not news. Cronenberg. Yeah, even no. even the movies that he's made that, is, that have kind of deviated, like Cosmopolis or Maps of the Stars or whatever. He is one of the he still He still believes in it, you know? He's making it for a reason. It's not just, obviously, it's not just to, you know, cash a check. I think that's why he, they, he had more freedom and people were, because he no one ever knew what to expect in everyone and he only had like free movies with exploding heads i think yeah. you know i saw there's video drone scanners it's got to be at least one other one anyway i think uh yeah i i think that's why they were used to his diversity and right. uh if anything i think he because he was part of back when video store shelves were kind of the place to go if you didn't have satellite tv uh oh yeah i feel like he was kind of much like dario argento in that he mm -hmm. he he again you know you would go to your angelica theater or magnolia theater and witness his movies and if not then yeah you recorded it off of yeah uh, well, like when when i finally realized what directors were you know when i was a kid i went through and like Argento, if there were some directors, I just went by, I'd, I'd find all their movies and get them. And Cronenberg was definitely one of them. Right. <laughs> like I have to see all of his films. Exactly. And he was pretty well hyped up because there was so many other guys uh, who just, you never really knew what to expect because they were just commonly referenced. Uh, you know, I would always watch a movie or show and like look at a, making a like book and the, you'd, you'd see everything and that was kind of a since i read film history that was kind of the selling point for me oh this mm -hmm. art director was inspired by forbidden planet or this visual right. effects company worked on blade runner I, i'm gonna i'm gonna check I'm gonna those go out back and check those out yep uh, 
this Robert Kurtzman guy. Oh, he, he's kind of a big deal. He worked on Phantasm Four. He and his company. Okay, 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 nice. And it's like you say, it it comes in waves because like we didn't have the internet being what it was mm-hmm. back then. You would see kind of just a simple ego piece. Yeah, you start collecting piles of film books. <laughs> right, the film books actually explored all the unwritten truths, and you know, and it, that was the only solution if you weren't listening to the commentary track on a laser disc or a dvd <laughs> yeah yep oh man and uh i'm sure uh if you have you have you listened to any of his uh commentary tracks i have listened to uh never had the opportunity but i'm sure there's got to be one somewhere yeah I'm, I'm thinking naked lunch is one i have listened to mm. but i'm not even sure how many he's actually done i'll have to go back and double check that because a lot of a lot of directors, spider. they don't really like to talk about them, you know. Right. They, just, they let the movie do the talking. Oh yeah. Oh that no, that's a good point too. He's pretty private, but not in a way like kind of like the Wachowski siblings, where you're just like, I don't know who they even look like. Right. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Joel Silver's doing the talking in every special feature. <laughs> yeah. Uh, it was kind of at that perfect. Uh, I don't want to say breaking point, but barrier where you would just start seeing. You know, people who is like kind of just uh they weren't just the anti-filmmaker they were the anti-promoter <laughs> right yeah yep oh man well this has been a absolute delight having you on and no thanks man yeah it's fun good and, time. and you guys have been doing some really good stuff in that you're uh, you know again you're you're always picking a theme each month you know mm-hmm. uh you know and halloween was no exception <laughs> yeah yeah that was a fun one did our little extreme uh film block there <laughs> and it's not easy to prep for either you know it's like some people want to rewatch these various movies and they're just like no it's fresh and new you know how you feel you've talked about a hundred times let's let's get get on the mic let's get it <laughs> yeah yep yeah, yeah. uh any other teases you want to throw out there uh else? well right now we've started doing a block on musicals Mm-hmm. <laughs> there you go. So yeah, we'll see how that's received. But the first, uh, I think it's dropping this Wednesday, so it will already be out by the time this episode airs, I'm sure. <laughs> um, but we did a uh, Hedwig and the Angry Inch as Michael's pick. That's a good one. That's yeah, a, that's I, I had never seen it before. I had never seen it. It, it was one that was on my radar. I just never yeah. watched it. So you'll have to tune in to see what I thought. <laughs> boom, boom, boom. Yeah. <laughs> Very nice. Okay, well, you're keeping busy. <laughs> yeah, I'm trying to. I just love talking about movies, man. Yeah. So it's thank you really... for having me on to talk about Cronenberg, one of my uh, favorites. And I hope you vent out any frustration. You know, it's like I see so many people <laughs> who will bitch about prepping for it or they'll watch a movie or an episode of TV like five different times. I'm like, Jesus, come on, dude. Just take <laughs> your notes while watching and have fun. Let yeah, <laughs> yeah. You, you can overanalyze things for sure, definitely. Oh yeah! Don't forget, I, don't forget to have fun in anything. Don't forget to have fun. Yeah, I would see some who said they did it with um, <laughs> movies that they couldn't stand. I'm like, oh, don't do that. No, no, don't waste time on that. No, <laughs> life's too short. I mean, often if you just think hours later, you pretty much still know what it was. That, but then there's others. It's like they're watching, they're reading their raw new uh, notes, and it's like, well, you totally thought differently an hour later. So, I mean, <laughs> yeah right uh, i don't know uh, to me it's no different than just doing an essay is like uh 
it's the free basic points say mm-hmm. what you're gonna tell people tell tell them and then tell them what you just told them <laughs> yeah tell them again what you've told them yeah recap um nice no you guys are doing good work i i oh, thanks uh, dude Appreciate i I, that. I have you you have even done some cult movies it's like wow i thought i was the only guy i who saw that or <laughs> awesome done, that's what I, I like to hear i don't think i've heard anyone talk about this nice yeah because there's so uh, many movies that need more love out there man you know so uh, yeah you can't get them unless uh, they might be even a title that even shot factory and criterion only have in dvd form it's not going to get a remaster yeah and yep. I don't know. There's some guys who get too snobby. They just like they refuse. They they refuse to take it out of the the cover and put it in their player. <sighs> Screw that. No, it's, it's the same way with toys. Take them out of the box. Put them on the shelf. Play with them. Right? You know. <laughs> oh man, my dad got mad when I touched one of his action figures. I'm like, why? You're not using it. <laughs> yeah, it's a toy. Get over it. <laughs> uh, yeah, and, and get this. He would tease me. Oh, you kids playing with your dolls. I'm like, oh, shut up. Uh-huh. <laughs> I couldn't say that when I was young, but I can now. Right. Yeah, now. Right. <laughs> I'm gonna you now. Like, oh <laughs> <laughs> uh, well, keep busting some moves. <laughs> oh, thanks, man. You too. Absolutely. <laughs> Follow us on the web on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The podcast is available on Podbean, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Anchor, Apple, and anywhere else podcasts are available. Feel free to review our show and leave comments on any of those sites. Thanks a million for listening. It's a